Over 2 million Americans are in prison and approximately 70 million Americans have a criminal record. Bad Boys Jail and Juvenile Ministries believes the church has a unique capacity and calling to respond to the crisis of crime and incarceration. In response, we present Inside Out. And now, our hosts, Wilson and Rascal. Welcome to the Inside Out Show and Podcast. I'm Wilson along with Rascal, and this is where we spend time helping each other find ways to position ourselves with purpose for positive change. Because in Jeremiah 29, 11, it says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a future and hope. Hey, on today's show, we're going to be discussing God's timing. God's timing. And then, of course, Rascal will uh, chime in with some of his excellent words, and then we're going to open up that bean slot. How you doing today, Rascal? Doing great. How about you, Wilson? Okay. Uh, I guess the school year's coming to an end. Yes, it is. Now, how it does, has come to an end? It has come to an end. Now, how does the the ins and outs of your day change once the kids are gone? Well, I was approached again the other day, and I always chuckle inside when someone says, "So now that school's out, what do y'all do till they get back?" <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, "Are you kidding me?" Um, during the regular school year, obviously it's just maintenance, just keeping up with it, emptying the trash, making sure that it's ready for the next day. But in the summertime, every room gets completely stripped down. All the furniture gets cleaned and moved to the hallway. Then I send in my ceiling guy. He replaces broken ceiling tile, broken light fixtures, Okay. Takes care of all the high stuff. Then my wall crew comes in, cleans all the walls. So you down. go from top down. Is that what you're saying? Here? Top down. And then my floor crew comes in and strips all the wax off the floor. Mm-hmm. Then I have one night guy that he just does nothing but wax. He comes in in the evening and puts down the fresh wax so that the next day when we get back, the furniture crew can begin putting furniture back in. But when you do that to over 200 rooms. Uh huh. It, that's we're pushing it to get done in two months. I guess now they. I guess they don't use any of the facilities during the summer oh, for concerts. Oh, they use or a stuff? lot of it. They use a lot of it. We just have to work around them. Okay. Okay. Yeah, we even have a ACT testing that's going to be going on in June, where they're going to encompass and use the entire second floor of the building. Hmm. So it just it makes it difficult for us because we have to schedule to move things in and out and mm-hmm. try to get things done in amongst yeah. all the camps that are going on, band camp and all the football. So yeah, I guess it's it's safe to say there is a, there is a time crunch per se. There is a massive time crunch. Got to get yeah. it all done before school starts. Um, what is that like July second or something? It. Yeah, it seems like. Well, they do re- start registration mid-July. Do they really? Oh, my gosh. it's Every year it's like it's earlier and earlier. And I think that's why that uh, the state finally cracked down and said, hey, you guys can't start school back before this date because they were actually moving it to where that school was going to be starting like the first week in August because they oh kept my moving gosh. it up. So uh, the state put an end to that and said, now, wait a minute. This is getting ridiculous. Mm, yeah. We need a we need a cutoff date. Yeah, well, I'm glad for that. I just get, uh, get let the kids have a break a little bit, you know. Let them have a break, and and the teachers need a break, and you need a break, and everybody needs a break. 
I mean, yeah, we don't get one of those. <laughs> <laughs> well, you'll get a break in about I'll a year. I'll get a break. Yeah. I got I got eleven months, and I'll be out of there. There you go. Well, we are talking about uh, God's timing or waiting on God's timing today. Um, and the fact is, we're all waiting for something, for change, or um, we're waiting for a new job, maybe or a better job. Um, we're waiting for our health to get better. Some of us are um, waiting to love or be loved. You know, some of the younger people, maybe the older people, we're waiting for our circumstance, our circumstances to change. Uh, our our men and women, they want to get out of jail. They want that circumstance to change, and that takes time. Or we're waiting for our loved ones to uh, come to the Lord. There's a lot of waiting going on, isn't there? A lot of waiting and a lot of praying. Yeah, a lot of waiting and a lot of, a lot of praying. Of course, we're going to turn to the Bible to help answer some of these questions or try to flush out God's timing. And the Old Testament uses the word wait as a couple of different things. Now, the, the, the Old Testament is, uh, through my research, it's, it says that the Old Testament obviously is pointing towards Jesus, but it's it's really talks about how to live life until he comes, how to live godly, how to be holy, how to worship. So the word uh, waiting that they use in the Old Testament, there's a, a number of them, um, to bind together, kind of like strands of a rope, um, or to look patiently. Uh, a lot of the times, you know, in the Old Testament, it talks about the coming Messiah, so looking patiently. Hope is another word they use for wait. Um, ex, um, to expect or look look eagerly, um, and this one this one's kind of interesting, and and I'm not this isn't a slam on anybody, but to be dumb or go silent and be still, you've heard of deaf and dumb, right? You know, uh, basically it's a I guess at one time it was a medical term. Dumb means you can't speak. Yes, right. Yeah. So to wait is to stop speaking, to to be silent, and one one of the ones that I liked was. Um, they use the word wait with the word trust. Ooh, I like that. Yeah, in Isaiah 51.5, it says, My righteousness draws near speedily. Ooh. My salvation is on the way, and my arm will bring justice to the nations. The islands will look to me and wait and hope for my arm. Love it. So they have to trust that he's going to be there. I mean, he he he's he been there the whole time. I mean, beginning, middle, end. He's always there, obviously. Right. But with the, the within the Old Testament, there's story after story about how the he asked them to trust him. You know, trust in the Lord. I will deliver you out of Egypt. It took what four seven hundred years. I think I think it was seven hundred years out of there. Um, the New Testament uses um, the word wait in a couple of different ways. It, it uses it to receive. To oneself or receiving favorably, of course, what are we receiving? Christ. Yes. We're receiving our salvation. Wait on the Lord and he will provide. Uh, to expect, looking for, that's another um, way they um, use the word wait in the New Testament. Again, expect eagerly. And in Galatians 5.5, 5, it talks about, for the spirit we eagerly await by faith and righteousness for which we hope. We're waiting for the internal or the ultimate righteousness, which is heaven. I mean, in today's world, it's like, it's tough to wait. It is. And I mean, obviously, when you're in incarceration, that waiting is 10 times longer because you have less things to do to occupy your time. You know, like you and I, if we had to wait here at our house, well, 
just for instance, COVID, when everybody was on the lockdown, mm-hmm. all the things that we had to do around here occupying our time, but an inmate sitting in there and they're limited, they really don't have a lot right. outside of reading their Bible. Mm-hmm. Or maybe if there is one type of game in there that they can play amongst themselves. But waiting right. is excruciating. Time slows down, doesn't oh, it? Oh, it does. Doesn't mean you shouldn't be proactive or position yourself with purpose Correct. for positive change. Because that's what we're all about, trying to find ways to position ourselves with purpose for positive change. You have to be creative sometimes. Yes. Some key elements of waiting on God it, um, there's a couple of things that we need to understand and kind of wrap our head around when it comes to uh, waiting on God. It says it requires time to pass. There's a psalm in the book of Psalm about a, um, a watchman waiting for the light of day. Oh, I like that, the watchman. Right. He's waiting patiently. He knows it's gonna. the light will come. It's his job to wait and obviously watch, but he waits for the light of day. And that's kind of what we're doing, aren't we? Yes, we are. We're waiting for the light. The light, capital L. That light's coming soon. Oh, oh, yeah. Another key element is you have to have confidence in what you're expecting. The way they explain it sometimes is inheritance. Mm. Uh, you know, not that we want our parents to die or we want, you know, those that kind of thing, but there is an expectation of inheritance sometimes. Right. And what's our great inheritance? Oh, heaven. Yes. So we have to um, have confidence in that expectation of that inheritance. And of course, waiting is, is kind of hard, especially when you're like, God, where are you? Um, Why haven't you come yet? Right. Why haven't you come yet? Also, another key element of, of waiting on God's timing is taking action. Here's, here we are. Taking action by positioning yourself for positive change or positioning yourself for the answer God's going to give you. Maybe there you've been, you go. Maybe you've been praying for something. Right. Uh, maybe you're, you're expecting this or that, and, and you've, you've given it up to God. You've laid it at his feet or yes. at the cross. That timing, that time, you have to just expect it to come. But you have to take action. You have to prepare yourself for it. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, you will get released. Yeah. Right? Most most right. will get released. Right. So they have to be prepared for that. Right. I mean, if you're praying to be released, like my son is and like we are, we have to be prepared for that day. And in some cases, and I don't mean this in any condescending way, but as, as, as they say, you know, Christ will come like a thief in the night. Your release may come the same way. You may wake up one day and the paperwork is being done behind scenes. You don't, you know, sometimes you don't know. Right. Uh, your numbers got down. You're, you're reclassified, whatever it might be. Hey, you're getting out. You have to be ready. Yeah. You know, get that job ready. Get that housing ready. Get, the, get your heart ready. Get yourself ready. I think, too, we should be ready for maybe something that we didn't expect. It's kind of like, Christmas morning when you're a kid and man you got that one item do you remember something as a kid that you wanted so bad uh-huh. and I wanted a go-kart you know so bad for Christmas I knew it was double what my parents normally spent on me and man that's what I wanted and I was so hopeful that I would get up on Christmas morning and that go-kart would be there and I woke up that Christmas morning and no go-kart no go-kart they had gotten me something else and it wasn't what I expected, but I learned to really love what they got me because it was an electric guitar with oh the boy. amplifier and everything, you know. So, you know, what we think we want and what we think we need, sometimes our parent, God, mm-hmm. 
says, no, I got other ideas for you, mm-hmm. and we need to just accept them and understand that, hey, this might not be so bad after all, right? right? It's, it's Sometimes it is about the timing. Yes. You need this now. Right. You don't need it later, and what you think you need now, you do need later. Right. Sometimes in the recovery groups that we've been part of, we talk about um, getting back with friends or getting back to a lifestyle, not so much the alcohol, the drugs or whatnot, but wanting to get back to some normalcy. Well, I, you know, God will return you to your family and return you to those people that you need to be around, but you may not be ready for it. Right. You know, you got to get yourself. We think we're ready. Right. But God sees that we're not. Right, right. I mean, you've, you've, you've told stories of, of men and women and Lisa as well. Of you know incarceration, years of incarceration, and uh, in fact, Jen's one of them, where they want to go back. Well, they they're not quite ready to go back. They kind of have to fine tune a little bit about their spirit, so when they do go back, they won't be tempted by those things that got dragged them down yes. the first time or the second time, or in your case, the third time. Right. You know. Right. Um, another um, element of God's timing, and this one is is really key, is um, it involves seeking Him. Involves seeking him in prayer, in study, in fellowship. And uh, Lamentations 3.25, it says, The Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the person who seeks him. Seek God. Seek him because he is waiting for you. So sometimes timing is about waiting and, and listening and, and preparing. Yes, and preparing. it is. So we started thinking about this show. As we started to prepare for the show, we always try to come up with titles. I, like I said before, I have titles I use in the in the computer to keep track of what's going on here. And the title that uh, we kind of put next to this is called the thirteen year interview. Thirteen year interview. Thirteen year interview. Yeah, interview for a job took him thirteen years to get the job. Okay, he had to. Yeah, that's a long. It time. is. And we're going to look at this key individual, and this key individual had to wait. But he did not stop trusting and positioning himself with purpose as he waited. And this was Joseph. This is out of the Old Testament. This is Genesis chapters 39 through 41. And Joseph was the son of Jacob, um, one of the sons of Israel, the 12 tribes. Right. Okay. Now, Jacob was, uh, was I believe, the one of the first patriarchs. I mean, he's, he's big up there. We got Abraham. We got Jacob. We, you know, we got them all. Isaac. Isaac. But this story is about Joseph. And he was um, not the youngest son of Jacob. Uh, Benjamin actually was. He was younger than most of his 10 brothers. And they didn't like him too well because his father had took a, a shine to Joseph. It was he, because of the mother. Yes, that's right. He loved yes. Sarah so much. He showered uh, Joseph with all kinds of gifts, the coat of many colors. Right. And, of course, Joseph, he had a prophetic heart prophetic mind mm-hmm. and he could interpret dreams and we're going to go over that in just a second but he interpreted a dream he had to his brothers and they didn't like it too much right so uh that he he basically was telling them in their words or in their interpretation that joseph is better than them they didn't like that so they decided to sell him into slavery they yeah. wanted to kill him first of all but his brother reuben you know hey guys let's right let's back off here well and we may have some people out there that kind of understand the what what what's going on here because joseph and benjamin the mm-hmm. two younger ones mm-hmm. had a different mother yes the rest of the boys 
had a different mom. So right. there was some animosity there. And that still goes on today. You know, yes. half-brothers and sisters don't always like each other. No, not all the time. This really is a story about a lot of things, but one of the things that it is, it's about timing. This is about a 17-year-old boy that was sold into slavery by his brothers. Talk about trying time. Yeah. Do yeah. we not still have that today? Yes, we do. The this, this sex slave. Yes. It's unbelievable. Uh, unbelievable. So things don't change much, do no, they? No, they don't. He has a trying time when he's 17 years old. He gets sold into slavery to a the house of Potiphar. Well, he gets blessed there because he's a righteous young man and he seems to be knowledgeable. The, the master of the house puts him in charge of a lot of things. So he's being blessed. He went from being a you know, lonely shepherd boy to being the head of a house. I'm sure you know, this house had all kinds of good food, good beds, and yeah, things like top that. Top notch. Top notch. Then a little time passes, and he gets wrongly accused of his, Potiphar's wife. The, man, the, house, uh, the owner's house's wife accused him of, of Satan's some, attack. Right. Yep. And he gets thrown into prison. Okay, another trying time. Yep. So here, you know, a couple of years pass, he gets thrown back into prison. Well, again, he's positioning himself with purpose for positive change in prison. Right. And he becomes... Um, he must listen to the show. He must. He must have, yeah. <laughs> so he, become, he gets in charge of the prison. The warden puts him in charge of that prison because he's doing what's right, and he gets blessed. Of course, I, I would imagine being in charge of, of a prison, you get a little extra this, a little extra that, right. maybe a little bit more straw in your bed, and he meets some uh, some people in there. And, of um, course, we talked about him interpreting dreams. Mm-hmm. A couple of the, the officials that got thrown in jail because they didn't bow far enough down or whatever the king wanted them to do, they're thrown in prison. It was happened to be the, the, um, the cupbearer and the cook or the chef. Yeah. And they had dreams, and, um, and Joseph interpreted the dreams. And the, the chef's dream was basically a dream that he's going to die, and the, the, the cupbearer's dream was that he was going to be reinstated as a cupbearer. Those are the kind of the interpretations. So Joseph says, okay, the, the, you know, would you do me a blessing and remember me and speak to the, uh, the Pharaoh on my behalf when you get out? Right. And he says, oh, you're my friend. I'll do that. Well, time passes. This guy gets out. The cupbearer gets out, gets back into the, the kingdom, the court of the, the Pharaoh, and he forgets him for two years. Forgets all about him. How so, do you do that? I don't know. The guy that interpreted your dream that you were going to live, and uh-huh, we just forget about you. Right. So here you go. No trying time. Two more years. You know, he's at the, you know, he's, oh, I'm going to get out, you know, <clears throat> trying time. So two years goes by, and Pharaoh has a dream. Well, the cupbearer's there with the cup, and he hears Pharaoh talking about dreams, and Pharaoh asks all his wise men, what does it mean, what does it mean? And none of them can interpret it. So the, the cupbearer goes, hey, I know somebody. Joseph, over here in, in the jail, go get him. He'll be able to do it. So he gets him out, and, of course, he interprets the dream, and a lot of uh, cool stuff happens with uh, you know saving the world from a famine and all these things. But the, 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 the point to this is this is 30 years later. Yes. He, uh, he interprets these dreams 30 years later, and the Pharaoh makes him the second in command of all of Egypt. Now, at this particular time in history, Egypt was probably, if not the most powerful, one of the most powerful yes. nations in the known world. Yes. So here this little boy, or not a little boy, this man, you know, 30 years, so we're talking what, 13 so years later. 40, 40, would he be 47 years old then? No, he was 30 years of old. 30 years of age. Okay. It, was, it was 13 years after he was thrown in the pit. Okay. Okay, so there's, this was this interview we're talking about, this 13-year interview. It took him 13 years to get to his second in command. Okay. Gotcha. And, of course, if we move on to that story, we talk about how he saved 
how his wisdom and his his guidance saved pretty much the known world from starvation, and of course his family and and the nation of Israel, and 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 out of that came Jesus and, and salvation and things like that. But I guess what we're talking about, if we're waiting on God's timing, waiting thirteen years, yeah, that's yeah, a long time. That is a long time. That is a long time. So here are some takeaways about. Um, and ladies and gentlemen, uh, if you're a regular listener to the show, we've asked you to get a paper and pencil. If you don't have one, yes, get one make out. Make sure you get your paper and pen. Because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw some scriptures out, and I'm sure Rascal's got a whole bunch of cool stuff to share on the other side of the break. But here's 10 ways to wait on the Lord's timing. This is Micah 7-7. Believe that God hears you and he cares for you. Psalm 5-3, be prepared. That's what we're talking about, be prepared. Psalm 135 and 6, put your hope in the word of God. Get into the word. Uh, we have Proverbs 3, uh, 5 through 6, trust God. We have Psalms 37, 7 through 8, be patient. Psalm is, a, is kind of a theme here, okay? If you haven't figured it out, there's lots of wise stuff in Psalm. Um, have courage, that's uh, Psalm 27, 13, 14. Experience God's goodness, Lamentations 3.25. We've kind of touched on that one just a bit. Number eight, look for God's ways, not yours. Acts 1, uh, chapter 1, verse 4. Nine, pray continually for, with thanksgiving, Colossians 4.2. And number 10, remember the promised blessings, Isaiah 3, uh, verse 18. So waiting on God's timing, it takes effort. Yes. I mean, we know it takes time, but it takes effort. And I love number eight. Look for God ways, not God's ways, not yours. Just like me wanting the go-kart. Yeah. You know, I thought this is exactly what I wanted. I wound up loving the guitar much more. I guess you can't yeah. serenade your family and friends on a go-kart. You can't, but you know I'll, you know what? I'd have probably gave it a try. Uh, <laughs> if yeah, I'd have got both. With the throttle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Amazing grace with but the I throttle. But I like that. You know, it's it, we always want it. We want it. We think we know mm-hmm. exactly the way it should go mm-hmm. in the, our case before the judge. We want it to go this way, and God's like, "Just hang in there. I got right. a different plan for this, and you'll be okay because I'm going to be with you through it. But it's not going to come out the way we necessarily always want it to." That's right. Well, it's time for us to take a break and let the dogs out. Um, so. Listen up, we're going to slide into the second segment here in a bit. Plugging into an outlet, we'd like to highlight Dr. James Sutton II. He is the founder and senior pastor of Walk in Truth Christian Fellowship Church. He's a Bible teacher a motivational and accountability speaker. He has a podcast called Walk in Truth Radio Network. It's spiritual inspiration and motivation for all the world. You can hear him or listen to him on the most popular podcast platforms. That's Walk in the Truth Radio Network. Welcome back to the Inside Out Show and Podcast. I'm Wilson, along with Rascal, 
and we've been talking about waiting on God's timing, and we appreciate you waiting and listening to us. Now, we are going to see what kind of timely words Rascal has. What well, you got, Rascal? I love this because the willingness to wait on God is something that it takes practice and it takes stamina for you to be able to hang in there and wait for him because we always want, and I'm guilty. You know, I was guilty every time I was locked up. We want out. We want out. We want out. And it's hard to wait and say, you know what? God's got this. And there may be some reason why God's stalling or why he's allowing me to to be here longer. Maybe he sees something on the outside that I can't foresee that I don't know. And he's protecting me right from something. Um, he may be stalling because he has somebody that's going to testify on your behalf. That's maybe not ready yet right. to testify. He's working on their heart mm-hmm. and getting them right. Or maybe changing someone's heart that was maybe going to testify against you. And he's working on them to testify in your favor. Right. So we don't see what's going on behind the scenes mm-hmm. and we need to just learn to slow down, slow down, trust and obey. just obey. Right. So some of the scriptures that I've got is Psalm twenty-seven, fourteen. Wait for the Lord, be strong and let your heart take courage. Yes. Wait for the Lord. And then we'll go to Psalm 37, seven, rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret because of him who prospers in his way. Because of the man who carries out wicked schemes. And then Psalm 130, number five. I wait for the Lord. My soul does wait. And in his word do I hope. Isaiah Thirty eighteen. I hope you all are taking notes. Therefore, the Lord longs to be gracious to you, and therefore he waits on high to compassion on have compassion on you. For the Lord is a God of justice. How blessed are all those who long for him. And then Second Peter three nine, the Lord is not slow about his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing for any to perish, but all to come to repentance. And then our last one is Job thirty six two. Talk about a man that had to wait. He waited. And was he ever faithful? Wait for me a little, and I will show you that there is yet more to be said in God's behalf. Now, you, you uh, we're going to skip or go back one. I think mm-hmm. it was, was it Matthew, I think, was the second to the last one? Nope. Uh, second Peter. Okay. Um, he talks about my timing is not your timing. Is that is that Peter or Matthew? Um, it was probably the Lord is not slow. Right. About his promise. Right. I mean, we think he's slow, right? But in God's timing, it's not mm-hmm. right. His, I mean, you know, some people will balk at this. You know, t- 
time, you know, is an artificial construct by man, you know, well, it isn't because if you look in, in, in the book of Genesis, it talks about a day. Yes. Um, but you know, God is in the past, the present and the future. So his time, his, his perspective of time is totally different than ours. Oh yeah. You know, yes. we can only see a day at a time per se. Yeah. And uh, it's it's sometimes it's hard just to, to live in that one day. It is, it is. And I, and, and you use the word fret in one of those verses. That's one of the biggest problems I have is I fret over the timing of God. Yeah, you know, I want things to happen. Well, I think we all do, and and we as we've gotten into today's age, where we expect things more quickly, we have a harder time waiting. You know, we want instant meals in the microwave. Mm-hmm. You know, um, the microwave is not cooking fast enough. We need, you know, a air fryer mm-hmm. and everything has to be instant. And if we have to wait more than five minutes in line to get our food, we're wanting to know who up there is taking so much time and who right. ordered all the, who ordered all the special food that they've got to cook everything special from because we don't have patience anymore. Right. I mean, if you look at the some of the younger people with the phones, they, they text somebody and then they're waiting. Or they, they'll post something on Facebook and they're waiting for that yeah. thumbs up or they're waiting for that ding. Yes. You know, and it's distracting for yeah. sure. You know, when you're not focusing on God's timing, it can distract you for sure. It sure can. It can. It's just having the patience with God. And I know, I know it's hard when you're sitting there staring at four walls it's difficult to occupy your time, but we just have to go with God and just trust that he's got this. Don't give up on him because I'm telling you, he is not giving up on you. No. He's not. No. We think, you know, oh, it's been two months. You know, God's forgot about me. He's not. He hasn't forgotten about you. No. He's working behind the scenes for you. Right, right. Our time here on earth is just an absolute blip. Oh, I know. We won't even probably remember being here. Oh, a blip. So put that into perspective. God will provide when it's time for him to provide. And that's that's the truth. Okay. Well, we are going to open up the bean slot. Get your paper and pencil out if you don't have it. Also, we want to pass along our address real quick. Bad Boys Jail Ministry, P.O. Box 125, Flint Hill, Missouri 63346. If you want to learn more about this particular topic or any of the things that we talk about on this show, you can write us or let us know your story. We'd love to share your story. Well, the bean slot today is called Historic Trinity Lutheran Church a community re-entry program for ex-offenders run by a network of ex-offenders who have a heart for helping those recently released from prison to adjust to life in the St. Louis area. I like that. They're, They're giving back. Yes. They're, they're positioning themselves with purpose. Which we should all do. When yes. we get released, you need to give back, which means that you need to plug in right. to a ministry or come on our show and start you yes. know, speaking with us. We would love to get you guys on here. Yes, we would. Their address is 812 Soulard Street, St. Louis Mo, 63104. Their phone number is 314 231 4092 and they have a website www.trinitystlouis.com trinitystlouis.com again this is a program 
uh, a re-entry program run by ex-offenders. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to assume they know a little bit about what's going on here. You would think. How hard it is to get the things you need, the jobs, the housing, the, the whatever it might be. That they, if, 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 if they don't know, they'll know how to find what right, they, they Right, they'll find it for you. Yes. Yeah, so, well, we thank you for spending time with us. Um, if, again, if you want to learn more about what we've covered today, you can write us at Bad Boys Jail Ministry, P.O. Box 125, Flint Hill, Missouri, 63346. And remember, don't let the devil's schemes control your dreams. Goodbye, Rascal. Goodbye, Wilson. 